The following comes to you through Podbean.com in the artist realm with Sylvia Stein. Here we go. And welcome to In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. I am in the author Sylvia Stein, and happy Tuesday, everyone. I have another great one-on-one -on -one today with a very awesome author. I had the pleasure of working with, with him at Stitch Mile Publications. Uh, so he's an SSP author, and he's a wonderful, wonderful person as well. And I've gotten to know him. Um, and uh, without further ado. I bring you Jeff Brown. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, Sylvia. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I hope you are, too. Yes, this is doing well, doing well. So, so far, so good. Cool. The first thing I wanted to do is wish your daughter. Uh, I know you have two children, and your daughter had a birthday today, so I wanted to say a happy birthday to her today. Awesome. She's sweet 16 today. Yay. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. Well, Jeff, you know... Um, for though I know you, um, like I said, I got to know you through Stitch Mile Publications. Um, you're an author, and uh, you know. But for those, yeah, I know you probably have a fan base. But for those people that are tuning in today, um, why don't you tell us about you? Well, um, I'm a Southern-born writer. Uh, I prefer to be called a storyteller. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like writers mm -hmm. are uh, a dime a dozen. Yes, um, and I, I prefer to tell stories most of my stories are dark um yeah. there's there's no two ways about it um i've been writing for seriously since 2004 but i actually mm. realized the other day and i didn't realize this until i was going through my story notes i wrote my first story in 1993 wow i was like oh my god and by the way that story sucked i'm just gonna <laughs> say the story was it sucked bad you uh, you you can actually say that you know like when you go back and yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I have no problem saying that my yeah. work sucks. You know, they're yeah. they're. I mean, yeah. I've written well over a thousand short stories, mm -hmm. and uh, since nineteen ninety three, mm -hmm. and um, I have no problem saying probably about seven hundred of them sucked when I first wrote them. Um, the other three hundred, probably about one hundred fifty of them were okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe twenty five were really really good, um, oh. but. The process of writing is just that writing. It's yes. what you do after the writing that yes. makes the story better. Yes, yes. And and I was going to touch base on that, that, you know, you've written all those stories, but you're you're able to go and critique yourself and notice that your your work does have to get better. And you're going to touch up on that. It's what happens after. And, I, and I'm, I'm curious to know the after because I, I've, I've worked with you both in the, you know, as an author for... You know, I was uh, an intern for SSP, and then I became an editor, and I got got to know you through uh, through that field as well. So I want you to touch on, uh, up on that as well, uh, of what you mean by after. Well, the after is, you know, obviously you got the editing and the mm -hmm. proofing and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. see, one thing I learned years ago, and it was a very harsh reality, is um, I had submitted a story to this publication. Mm -hmm. And actually, the, guy, the person who owned that publication requested a story. Uh -huh. So I was like, awesome, you know. And this is years and years yeah. and years ago. Um, and then he emailed me back. And I said, this, no joke, this is the email. He said, uh, you should never uh -huh. write another story ever again. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, uh, it was pretty pretty mean. Um, yeah. But... You know, obviously, I got mad, and I was like, yeah. "What's he talking about?" You know, but but I didn't know any better. I was yeah. I was thought I was just like every every new writer. Yes. I'm the next Stephen King. I'm the next John yeah. Saul. I'm the next you know uh, Grissom or or whoever. Yes. Uh -huh. um, and I was like, he doesn't know my brilliance. <laughs> Actually, he did because I really sucked. <laughs> um, but 
that yeah. began a process of me actually trying to teach myself how to write. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. I've never had any formal other than high my yeah. Never gone to college. Never really cared much for uh, all the self help books that people read and self help programs or the, or the hey write like this author. I yeah. never cared for that exactly. stuff. So I essentially said, just teach yourself how to write. Yeah. One of the things that I learned was, I think it was Hemingway that said it is uh, your first draft is crap. Yeah. yeah. And um, after that, I pretty much figured out that if I'm going to get better, I can't always rely on an editor or a friend or a proofer, that I have to take a critical eye to my own work. Your own work, yeah. Um, and so that's what I started doing. I started looking at stuff. and But also, to go with that, I also said I don't want to write like every other writer. Yeah. Um, and so my style is a little different. It's not action, 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 action all the time. It's not sex. It's not a lot of language. Yeah. It's not gore. It's, it's my own style. Yeah. And um, when I'm critiquing that particular style, I have to take myself out of it. Yes. Because if I don't, then I'm reading my own words. And, and uh, if you've ever read Neil Gaiman, yes, I have. He, if you if you read his work. You know, he is very intimate with his words. Yes. Um, and, and there's no way that you can possibly be intimate with your words and be able to have a critical eye if you don't step back and say, okay, yeah. read this like somebody else wrote, wrote yes. it. Um, and so that's what I try to do after I finish the story. I yeah. put it away for a little while, then I pick it back up and I start going through it as if I never read it, as if I never wrote it. Yeah. As, and um, sometimes I'll be like, and I have red pens for everything, and I print them out when I'm, I'm editing, and I'll be like, scratch out, scratch out, scratch out. Oh, my God, did you really write that? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, there are also points, though, that I'm like, wow, that was actually a pretty, pretty good, good turn of words, you know, and that was really good where you did this. But this doesn't line up with that, so you've yeah. got to change one or the other. And, and it's yeah. the writing is easy. Mm-hmm. Writing, writing is easy for you know, I, I don't I don't have a problem putting words down. Exactly. When you go back and you have to look at your own work and if you're honest with yourself, completely honest with yourself, everything you write when it first comes out is not brilliant. Yes. Um, it takes work. It has to be cleaned up. Yes. Um, and that's where it's hard. That's the difficult part because you're like, Man, I like that, but it doesn't fit. You know, so you got to take that out, you know, or wait a minute, I used a lot of passive voice yeah. and not all passive voice is bad, but, it's, but, but you don't want it to be redundant, like throughout the whole book, right? Exactly. And, and passive voice tends to slow down the pace of a book. Yes. And so, uh, certain, certain parts, are, okay, that's, that's okay to leave that passive voice in there. Not, not, not here. Yeah, and, um, exactly, exactly. So you have to really look at what you're doing yes. and, um, and, and I have a friend of mine and she, she reminded me of this and it's something I always ask other writers when they ask me to look at something of theirs yes. I ask them why did you say this Yeah. why did you do this why did you write this here why is this character doing this when earlier this character was doing this so this is out of character and, and the biggest thing to do or the biggest thing that I do is ask myself why Wow. Why did I write this particular thing in exactly. here? Why exactly. is this here? Why is this not here? And why is is a very um, it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, you know. So uh, if you can answer the why confidently, leave it. Yeah. If you can't, you then might want to remove it, it. Yeah, it's, it basically it, it it needs to have. Would you say what you're saying is uh, consistency? in the words that you're trying to come across to the reader because they're the ones, you know, you're writing it. You have to step away and become yourself, become a reader, right? So you yeah. could appreciate the what you're writing yourself for someone else. Uh, when the book gets done and is ready to go, you know, they're, they're not asking, well, why did he say this one minute? Then the character's doing something else. This just doesn't, the consistency isn't there. Would you right. say that? You know, and here's the other thing that you have to remember. And, and I'm I, obviously I'm a huge fan of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Anybody who knows me knows that. Yes. But Stephen King, 
he he made he made a statement and um in in his book on writing and it's the only book about writing I've ever read yeah. and I actually did not finish it because I got to this point in the book this is after he get, does his his little biography part yes. like the first 80 to 90 pages and then he goes into the actual tools of writing and stuff like that but he, he makes this statement and I've held on to this statement since 2010 mm-hmm. the writer is the story's first reader and to me, that's the most important thing that you can remember when you're writing exactly. is you are also the story's first reader. If I don't like what I've written, do I really believe a reader will like what Appreciate I've written? It, yes. So this way, I'm able to go, I don't like this. Yeah. I, I do like this. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And I try to look at it from, from the point of view of a reader, mm-hmm. and not a writer. And here's, here's, here's the difference. Writers... Are critical, Writers are critical about stuff that really doesn't need to be critical about. Yeah, um, look, I'm a fan. Answer me a question, and I know. I'm just kind of turn the tables here. Answer me a question. Do you know anybody who uses perfect grammar? No. 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 So why do we use perfect grammar in our writing? I notice that, and we try to do that so much. I'm one of those. I try to go back. Oh no, this is grammatically wrong. But then. You know, isn't that why we have editors? Or, or well, they... and not just that we have editors. Here's here's kind of the way I look at it. Okay. If the grammar is perfect, but it sounds uh, forced, it's, it's going to sound forced in the yes. story. However, if the r- grammar is imperfect, but it sounds right and it flows smoothly and it goes from sentence to sentence to sentence, does it maybe? The grammar is not needed there. Yes. Now, I don't mean scrap grammar. Grammar is extremely important. Yes. What I mean is, like an example, I'm actually putting together a book called Simply Put, How I See Words, and it is, mm-hmm. I talk about grammar. But one of the things that I, points I make in it when, when referring to grammar is when you see a motorcycle gang member, not a club member, not just a normal, but a gang member wearing mm-hmm. those Hell's Angels things on the back or Outlaws or whatever, they're not going to say, I'm going to go down to this establishment (laughs) on my two-wheel vehicle and get me a beverage. They're not going to say, go to the bar, get a beer. Nobody's going to believe that. (laughs) Exactly. And so grammar is great if it sounds right. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't sound right, it's not necessarily great. And this is why when I... When I'm looking at my work, I don't look at it like a writer because so many writers have actually been critical of me because I don't follow all the rules mm-hmm. and I, I, I never will. Yeah. Um, so I look at it as a reader. If it flows as a reader, yeah. then that's what I want. I don't want it to flow as a writer. No, I want to flow to, as a reader. Yeah. That's important. Because it's different. Yeah. Writers think differently than readers do. Yes, and I'm looking forward to that book you're writing on that because uh, I'm curious to, to know. I've learned a lot from what you've said before and in meetings and when we used to interact, and, and I, I listen to what you write about. And I every time that I see something, I take something from what you've said to go back to the work I'm working on as a writer myself, and it does make a difference when, awesome. when you... It's like with the, with, you know, you, you, you go into deep questions. Like when you asked me about my book that time, I, it really, it, it, I, I hadn't even thought of it until you asked me that question and it deeply, you know, but it, it wasn't anything bad. It was actually something good, but I had, it was like the first time I said it out loud that, you know, and those are the things that you need to do as, as a, you know, cause you want your readers to feel emotion and you want them to feel all of that. And that's important that you touched up on that because it, it you do want to feel like you're in part of that story Correct. for the reader. Yeah. Thing. And a lot of times, you know, I, I am not going to, to sit here and lie and say, I'm, I'm, I'm the world's best writer. I'm not. I, I, and honestly, I don't want to be the world's best writer because you can be the best writer, but your stories can be completely boring. Yeah. You know, I want to be the best writer that I can be. I don't want to be Stephen King. 
I don't want to be the next Jeff Patterson. I want to be the first AJ Brown. Yeah. I think I've done a fairly good job of that over the yeah. last several years. Yeah. But here's the thing: when I, I I do this with a lot of people, I'll I'll ask questions just like I asked of you. Mm-hmm. Why is this? Why is your character doing yeah. this and not this? Where's the feeling here? Because yeah. you can say he felt sick. Mm-hmm. How many different sicknesses are out there in the world? Yeah. I mean, and what exactly is felt sick? You know, yeah. there's there's all these different feelings and emotions that go with it. You know, and um, I mean, if you stub your toe, pretty much all of us knows it's a very sharp, sharp pain. Yeah. Um, well, you can say you stub the toe, or you can say you stub the toe and had the immediate sharp, intense pain. And that way the reader yeah. gets, oh, exactly. yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that makes, that, that makes like, wow, you know, just uh, the beginning of what you said, you know, about yourself and going into the why of, of why, why of your stories and why, you know, what, why it's important for a reader to grasp all that when they first take a look at your books or your stories. So, Touching up on that, I wanted to get to the to ask you about the inspiration. Like, what is is there a would you say an inspiration behind your stories, or is it just comes to you? Like, well, most stories, uh, there there's inspiration for every story. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, my grandfather mm-hmm. uh, was a tremendous storyteller. Yes, and uh, I'm dating myself here, and and you. Um, there used to be a commercial on television. It's no longer around, but a whole bunch of people would be in a room and they'd be talking and chatting. And then the door opened up and somebody would walk in. You never saw his face, but it, everybody got quiet. And the commercial slogan was, when E.F. Hutton talks, everyone listens. And that was my grandfather. Yeah. When he walked into a room and he started talking, not just talking, but when he started telling stories, everybody just... stopped and yeah. listened. And he was such a fabulous storyteller. And it didn't matter what I was doing. If he came up to me and said, hey, son, um, I want to talk to you. It was, yes, sir. Yeah. And I would listen, just, and it would be like amazing. Yeah. And I've actually used bits and pieces of some of the things he's told me in my stories because yeah. it was just so impactful. Yeah. So he, he probably the largest influence on how I write right. yeah. because I learned something from my grandfather. He was a preacher for years and years and years, yeah. taught Sunday school, um, all that stuff. But but the thing that he did was when he told stories, he wasn't reading it and he wasn't writing it. He just told stories so, naturally. naturally. Forgetting the rules, forgetting how yeah. things are supposed to exactly. be done as far as writing, he would just tell the story, story. and they always flowed. Right. And that's part of the reason why I'm like, why are all the rules, that, rules are great guidelines, but mm-hmm. most of them are made to be broken. Yes. Um, and so this is the biggest reason why I write the way I write, because I tell stories, and yeah. I want you to be able to picture the story. Yes. And I want you to be like, well that's grammatically wrong or the sentence structure is this or you know I want you to actually get into the story and so how do you get into the story hit them in the heart yes hit them in the mind yes and then you then all the all the rest is usually forgotten um once you drag them in I, I sold a book uh back in April uh to this lady and um at a festival Yes, And I heard from her two days later and said, I stayed up until two o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. reading this because I could not put it down. Yes. Um, the book is not grammatically correct and it doesn't follow any of the rules. Yes. A reader contacted me and said that. That's what you want. And that's why I write the way I do yes. because my grandfather told me stories, stories that way. And so the biggest influence I'd have to say is my grandfather. Your grandfather. Um, and... and by far the biggest influence on my writing. Yes. And that, and that, and that's important. Like it, it, when you were saying that I could feel the emotion, the, the impact he had on you. Cause, um, you know, we're, we're talking, but I can see, you know, the, 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 the major impact he had. And it's great to hear you say where your own influence are, like your inspiration, uh, the storytelling. Cause that's what you do when you read, you know, if those of you that have not read, uh, A.J. Brown or Jeff Brown's uh, stories, 
um, his stories, when, when you start reading those, you really feel like he's telling you a bit, like you're sitting down in a room and you're listening to him speak. So, you know, for those of you that have not read the, the stories, please do, because that's exactly, it feels like a connection. Like you, you talk about Neil Gaiman and the connection, intimacy with your words, and that's what you do. You really do um, have that connection with your readers, because I'm, I'm a fan right here, too, of your stories and your books, and, and I've never been in that, that type of genre. I, I never, aside from Stephen King, I never really read you know, the horror genre or the, the different, and I've, I've gotten to be able to connect with what you've written, but it, you know, it, it's, it's amazing to hear the inspiration, you know, like you said, you know, a person that commands attention was your grandfather and you have that with your readers too, I believe. So well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll say this to go with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never be able to command an audience the way he could command an audience but here's the thing i can try you can try because uh you know there's a story i'm hoping to get out Mm. in the next year or so called the forgetful man's disease okay Um, it's a novella and is based on the main characters based on my grandfather Um, and all the characters in the book are based on people that grew that i knew when i was growing up in the mill village that lived in that village um you know and and each one of the characters in that book is based off of somebody that i knew there um and 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 so the entire storyline and it's very few people have read this yet um but it's it's quite possibly is, is probably in my top three of the stories I've ever written that I love. Um, but it was the easiest, by far the easiest story I've ever written because it, I put myself, I, I made the main character my grandfather. Okay. Oh, wow. Following his eyes, seeing what's going on, yeah. um, to me, uh, made the story more of an impactful yeah. story for me. Oh, wow. That that's that, that's something I another book I have to write down that I'm looking forward to reading. So <laughs> that well, that's gonna be another it's one. Not yet, but I'm hoping it will be soon. Yes, but you're working on it, so I can't wait to hear you know hear more and finally get you know a copy when it does come out. Because I know you take your time with your work. Because I I've seen the you know the progression in in your stories. Can you go into the the books you've written and the stories a little bit. So uh, for those that are tuning in, like what type of stories you write? Well, the the two novels that I have out right now are actually polar opposites. Yeah. Um, the one, Corey's Way, is more of a coming-of-age story with a couple of dark moments. Then you have Dredging of Memories, yes. with the story <laughs> of Hank Walker, who is, is – he spirals – into depression and loneliness in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. And, and a lot of people when I say zombie apocalypse, they're like, Oh, zombies. I'm like, no, 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 no. Read the story because it's less about zombies and more about the downward spiral of a man, of of this man, Hank Walker. Yes. Yes. And, and, um, so they're, they're, they're polar opposites, but they're both. And it sounds like I'm bragging when I say this, I don't, um, they both they're written well, but mm-hmm. it's the story that the stories within the story, the emotional um, yeah. just collapse of Hank Walker throughout the story, and then Corey and Corey's way how he deals with the emotional collapse at the beginning of the story, and then how he gets stronger as as the story goes on. So they really are polar opposites, but both of them are written in a way that you could really uh, take one. Um, and read it and go, oh my god! And then read the other one and go, oh my god! And then, then you're like, oh cool, you know, with, yeah. with both of them. Yeah, exactly. But and here's here's the funny thing. I actually linked those two stories. Yes. Um, at, at the end of of dredging up memories, mm-hmm. the the for those who haven't read it, I'm not going to tell you. But no. where the book takes place at the end of the story is actually the town that Corey lives in. Oh, and, uh, so and uh, I'm actually working on an interview series right now that where I've interviewed the characters of mm-hmm. Dredging Up Memories, yes. including the dead ones. It's really oh. neat. Oh wow! And, and 
where I've linked together a lot of stories that I've written in this interview series with wow. these characters. Wow. So it's kind of... You're, you're, so you're kind of like... Uh, so now, now you got me curious. I got to read Corey's Way. I don't think I've read that one yet. And I need to, I need to go because now that you told me about dredging up memories, I read that. So I'm curious to see the, you know, how it links and hopefully, you know, get that, you know, the series of your interviews, and and check those out as well because that sounds like something that would be mind blowing. <laughs> it's it's been a lot of fun because of the the uh, way I've had to do this. I have I have a friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, and. and well, I, I broached the subject with him. I said, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing this with mm-hmm. the characters for Dredging Up Memories. Mm-hmm. And then he said, uh, uh, it was about a week and a half later, he comes to me and he's got 27 sheets of paper in his hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's questions for all the characters in the book. Wow. Um, from Hank Walker to the preacher to Humphrey the little teddy bear. Yes. So he's got all these questions, and there's, there's, I don't know, maybe 200 questions, maybe a little less. And, and um, so I, I'm looking at these questions, and I haven't even done the interview yet, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I turned to him and said, hey, man, I want you to be in the story. I want you to be the guy interviewing all the questions. Oh, okay. So he was like. Really? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I said, how do you feel about that? He goes, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, but you see, the thing here is he's a real person. Yeah. And these characters are all made up. Okay. So I had to figure out how do I get a real person to interview with. And, and so I, I played around with it and played around with it played mm-hmm. around with it. And finally I figured out how oh, to do wow. it. And I'm not going to tell everybody yeah. how because yeah. I, want, I want them to actually pick yeah. up the book and find yeah. out how. But then I had to do research on how to get that to happen. Oh, um, wow. But it was really cool because it's kind of like him, um, like uh, him stepping outside of his own mind, yes. stepping into this fiction world. Yes. Oh, wow. That Ooh. just... You know, it's kind of terrifying, you know, but it was, it's been so much fun right now. I'm actually working on that particular book, yeah. book right now. The, it's, it's called The Dredging Up Memories that loosely... Dredging up memories, the interviews. Wow, that's and it's going to be huge. It's, it's probably going to be twice the size of the actual novel. You are busy, Mister. You're really busy. Like a lot of stuff, working on so much stuff right now. With I, I work on a lot because um, you but, love because you love you know you love being a writer and, and an author and everything. You just you know, you love being a great storyteller. Would that be correct to say? Very correct. Yes. Yeah, because I, I can tell, like, you get really excited about the, like, the process, uh, and it doesn't matter, I notice, because uh, you, you, everyone, we all have busy, you know, stuff, life, things go on, but I notice, what what I notice about you is you're always working on on the craft of, which is, you know, art, or the art of writing and, and bringing stories together, right? It's just, you, you just got to make that time. See, and that's interesting that you use the art of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, see... Somebody said the. I'm trying to make sure I say it exactly correct. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that the art of writing is dying, mm-hmm. and I disagree. No, I not. believe the art of writing is dying. I believe the art of storytelling it's, is dying. Yes. Um, I believe that's the case because so many people are. I have to do it this way. I have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. I have to do it this you way. Wait, wait. I gotta have, I gotta have this. But they don't. They don't go back. They don't go into a lot of characterization. They don't go into the scenery. They don't, look, scenery is just as much a character in a book yeah. as the characters yes. themselves. Yes, you know, and they don't go into things like that as much as they used to because we have internet. We have all this stuff where you can now just pop onto Google and say, "Tell me about this." Yeah. So nobody really cares to exactly. go into all this good stuff anymore. Um, so I don't think the art of writing is dying. I think the art of storytelling really is. Um, I think so many people are more concerned about writing a good story that they forget to actually tell the story. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yep. And, and that's a good point. That's a good point you brought about. And I agree with that. Yep. Very, very true. Very well said because a lot of people don't understand that storytelling is, is something that it's, 
the the art of writing you is a is something you you work on every day you know it, you do your you you sit down you work on it you can't expect it to magically you know do it like you said with social media people want to get the easy way out and and try to and I'm not putting anyone down I know it's it's part of the way the world works now but you right. have to actually do the research and sit down and and work on that at, like you said work on the scenery characterization all those are also major things that go uh, about in your work I know I if people were to ask me about my stories when I first started to where I am now I would say they really do suck. I mean, I mean, I, I'll admit it. Like where I started before and where I am now, I hope I'm growing as a writer, as opposed to staying in the like, uh, in the same. Was it when people get too complacent with one with one area and they want to just do that? You have to learn to expand and and learn to take the criticism because you're not you're in the wrong field. You know, see, you don't know how to take the criticism. And and here and, and this particular field, this particular uh, world, I like to call it, is um, brutal. Mm -hmm. It's uh, and I'm probably going to make some people mad by saying this, but publishing is nasty. Publishing is mean. Publishing is rude. People, people, uh, and, and it's not publishers. It's writers. No. You know, they think you're competing with each other. I'm, I'm not competing with no, anybody. No, there's enough for, I think there's room for everyone. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, what works for, what works for you may not work for this person. Yeah. And what works for me may not work for this person, yeah. but it works for me and it works for the people who follow my work. Yes. The people who want to read my work, which has grown over the last several yes. years. And, and so I think I feel like I'm doing something right. Yes, I believe Not, I believe that you are. I, well, I, I I believe that you are. So. Well, well thank you. I, I'm and I'm not. I just feel like you know, our community, which is especially the horror genre, is a very tight community, but it's also a very uh, opinionated community. Mm -hmm. um, and writers in general, not just in the horror world, but all over, all over in every genre, writers in general. Um, are critical of each other and this is this is a type of community that we should be lifting each other up we should we should not be trying to um stab each other in the back or talk bad about each other or anything this is the type of community that we really should be hey i'll help you don't worry about helping me but i'll help you yeah. you know um and, and this is why a lot of the stuff i do like when i went to you and talked to you about your book i didn't yeah. have to do that no I wanted to mm -hmm. because I saw something that I might be able to help you with. Yes. And, and that's part of my nature is to yes. try to help people. I'm yes. a very, I try to help people. Mm -hmm. um, I've been, I've been massively <laughs> criticized <laughs> by people I've tried to help. Oh. But um, the thing with that is, you know, writing the business is not just writing and yeah. that's what people have to understand the yeah. business is writing editing marketing yeah. putting a face on exactly you know, being more than just typing yes uh, you and, have to learn all at all facets of it otherwise it doesn't work correct you know and and that's that's the thing is i mean if i could sit and write all day long without having to do the marketing and the editing and the proofing and and coming up with concepts and stuff I, I'd be just as happy as anybody. Yes. However, I would have no clue. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't have a clue at how the other end works. You know, I mean, they're writer. They submit. If something's accepted. Well, it still has to go through editing. still has to get contracts. You still have to. And if, if you got a good editor, you're going to have at least two passes, possibly yes. three passes. You know, and then you're going to go through the proofer. Then you got to go through, hey, wait a minute. The proofer didn't like this. And now you got to go back and do this. Mm -hmm. Then, then you. If, if you're really fortunate and you work, have a good staff working for uh, that you're working with, you're going to have another set of eyes look at it as yes. well. So all in all, you should have at least three or four sets of eyes. And then, of exactly. course, you have if, – if you're using your beta readers right, you're not wanting them to say, hey, look at me. I'm great. You're, you're wanting them to say, hey, man, you messed up here. Yes. You know? 
So if your beta readers are doing their job and the editors are doing their job and the proofers are doing their job, yeah, exactly. you've had eight or nine sets of eyes on this and it's going to come out really nice. Yes. But that's if you're paying attention to the business. Exactly. It takes a lot of patience to be a writer also because <laughs> if you don't have it, it and it's hard because I'm impatient myself, but I've learned to be patient because when you know that something's not going the, the way you're supposed to and I've learned from the books I've written and how fast I wanted them out and then I notice people will get back to you and say, you know what, I noticed this and this. And you thought you had it right, and you didn't. Uh, and I've I've been in a, uh, I've been there. I've done that. Now I'm kind of just taking my time on this next book, not rushing it, just working on it. Probably giving it to several people. Right. Hopefully yourself too. I would like to, you to take a look at it just for any type of advice you know that you might have, right. Right. and just kind of just see where it where it goes. And if it needs more time, it needs more time. It's just. I'm not putting a date on where I'm when I'm going to release it. I know I want to, but I'm working on it. Well, you know, it's kind of like this. You said patience is important. Um, Sylvia, how many children do you have? Three. Three. Okay. When your children were born, did you make them walk? No. Well, yeah. I mean, I I I taught right. them eventually. When they were first born. Yeah. When they were first born. No. <laughs> right out the womb. No. Did you say, "Hey, uh, y'all need to start walking"? No. Yeah. When they started walking, did you say, hey, you need to start to get a job? No. <laughs> no, because it's a process. It's a process, yeah. Uh, it's kind of, uh, stories are the same way. Yeah. Conception, yeah. we know what that is. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> conception for a story is when the idea is there. Mm-hmm. Birth is when you type it up or when you handwrite it. Yeah. That's your birth to the... To yeah, the uh, it's like your baby. That's, that's what we say when we write. That's our babies. And like your children, you have to discipline. Yeah. But not necessarily the story yourself. Yep. You have to discipline yourself on, okay, this is the baby. This is the toddler. This is the five-year-old. Okay, now my kid's in school. Okay, now he's in middle school. Now she's in high school. Oh, she's graduated. She's on to life. Now that on to life is when we throw the book out there for the readers to read. Mm-hmm. That's when it, that's when the entire process of conception to uh, going, getting through high school uh, happens with our book conception idea, graduating high school and getting out into the real world is when the book gets out to the reader. Exactly. And all through that period is a lot of time and effort and trial and error and patience and oh my god did i just do that or and did i did you did you really just say that type stuff you know um that we have to remember as writers you can put out 10 or 12 books a year and i know some people who put out at least eight a year um I'm not confident that those are all quality works because they rushed it and that's what i say you're rushing the infant to getting out of school when you when you do that you can't rush parenthood and if you're a good parent you're mm-hmm. going to make a lot of mistakes yes yep. so that's the way writing and it is. gets it, it, especially now with your kids you know you have the teenage years and it's the same thing with books you have to learn what works what doesn't work and be ready to go back go back uh, there's a thing i don't know if you've seen that show mike and molly there, there's a Melissa McCarthy plays Molly, and there's a video going on where she writes something, and then she's reading and going back, and she looks at it, and then one minute she's writing about something, she goes, "This is a piece of crap," and she throws it, and 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 and, and it, it makes people laugh because that's how it is with writing. Like one minute you love it, and then the next minute you might not love it where it's going and where it's headed and people you know relate to it but when you look at that video it's it's a funny thing you have to be willing to kind of put you know and and i'm like i've been there i've sat down written something because i always write everything uh through a pencil pen outline then i go and type it and then i'm like what what was i on like what you know, not that I was on anything, but was I drinking too much alcohol? Not that I drink, but you, you just kind of like, who who was I? Did I go somewhere else? I don't know if you can relate no, to that. I, exactly what you're saying. And, and that, that what what am I on type statement is actually a very good one because I joke. I'm a, I love Pearl Jam. 
They're, oh. they're, they're one of my favorite bands oh. ever. Um, but I also make the comment that Pearl Jam's best music was when they were stoned. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, my husband feels the same way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's kind of sad to say it that way. And, and, and um, I mean, I like the stuff they come out with um, after they all cleaned up. Yeah, of but, course. There's a lot of kind of truth to that. What was what was I on when I wrote this? Even though you you may not have no, I don't I don't do drugs or anything no, like that. No, me neither. Oh. But I but it's it's almost like you're another person. Like you you left your body and another person took over you. It, it couldn't possibly be you. That's that's how that, I associate my bad writing to. <laughs> well, I I uh, I associate my bad writing to uh, just me. You know, <laughs> so I, yeah, I joke, you admit I, it. I, 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 I call my muse. Uh, okay, stick with me here. People, people laugh. My muse's name is H. Herbie Hipperwill. Uh, I don't have a name for mine yet. <laughs> I've had I've had that muse since before I started writing. Um, mm -hmm. I always blamed Herbie for all the trouble I got into when I was in high school. It was Herbie's fault. He told me to do this crap, you know. But um, when I started writing, I said. Huh. I'll just call my muse H. Herbie Hipperwill. Oh, it's H. Herbie Hipperwill the third. The by third. The way. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Wow. That's sophisticated. That is sophisticated right there. <laughs> yes. And, uh, but um, you know, I, I feel like you know, you're right. You kind of step outside of yourself, and you're like, uh, "This is crap." But here's the great thing: if you can say this is crap, you can fix it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? um, which is people, what I try to do. Which is uh, something I. I work on now that I can say that, that I can actually say, this isn't good. I need to go back. And, and, and my husband will tell me, he's, he, I always tell him to be honest. He's not rude, but he'll say, read again. That's his way of saying, this is not good. <laughs> he doesn't say it's bad, but he doesn't have to. I just kind of take it as, okay, this isn't good. <laughs> my, my wife, uh, Kate, is... Um... She is uh, massively honest with me. That's, when it comes that's great. To that's always great. She, I'll say, hey, I, I like this story. What do you think? And she'd be like, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I'd be like, yeah, what's wrong with it? And she would just like, she goes, here, I marked it for you. Wow. So she would have made notes all throughout my stories, especially if they're, if they're not as good as she thinks. And, and she'll tell me she goes, she's written better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but I, I bet you that helps you because you oh, you because you you look like the type of guy that loves honesty. You can't stand the the hypocrisy because there's a lot of people that it's like when people. I always say this, and you see the the auditions for American Idol or are those people that go on these shows. You know that that was meant for TV, but yeah. you're like thinking, what were and not no offense to them, but. What were their parents thinking? Like I know, I like I love my kids, but I'm not gonna say something, you know, not not be mean about it. But if if uh, I'm not gonna let them go embarrass themselves on TV, if I know that, and not that they can't do it, if they can do whatever they want to do, if they believe in it. But I myself am not going to add on to something. It's like I wouldn't want my parents to have told me to go up somewhere or or when I wasn't ready to do it. And right. this is what happens when you're not honest with the writing. And it doesn't mean you have to be rude, but you have to be critical and say, you you know, can you try harder or, or maybe rewrite it? Right. And here's the thing about honesty. If you are honest, you never have to cover your tracks. No. Yeah. Uh, and, here, and here's the thing also about honesty. A lot of people will, well, a lot of, you see, you see it all the time. I would like your honest thoughts. Most people don't want your honest thoughts. Yeah. Once you say it, they don't want to talk to you after that. I've I've lost people that way. But I they tell you to be honest, though. Yes, and I, and I tend to tell people, "Hey, I'm just going to be honest with you about it." But there's a, there's a difference, though. A lot of people who actually really want the honesty, they want the honesty. They don't want no. necessarily. The opinion. No. They want to be honest because everybody's got an opinion, you know. Yeah. Um, but the opinion isn't necessarily what they want. They want yeah. the honest thoughts. Did it read good? Yeah. You know, did it make sense? Yeah. It makes sense. Look, 
story doesn't make sense, it, it doesn't matter how well it's yeah. written. You know, um, the, the honesty, if you are honest, you don't have to worry about, you know, okay, what did I say to this person? Or what did I say to that person? Or, mm-hmm. oh man, did I say that? And you don't have to worry about going back and covering up for yourself or backtracking because yeah. you told the truth. Because you told the truth. It's like that movie, A uh, Few Good Men. Uh, uh, you, uh, you know, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, but but you, most people can. It, you'd be surprised at how many can. There's some yeah. that can't, but there's a lot that can. Exactly. Well, usually the ones who can't are the ones with the the, the large egos. Yeah. Um, and and then you're you're dismissed. You know, like oh, this person's just a hater. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? I, I'm I'm apparently a hater because. Uh, I, I tell people, you know, but here's the thing. There's, there's honesty, but like when, listen, when you, you brought up, uh, you and I talking that one time about your book, mm-hmm. here's the thing. I was honest with you, mm-hmm. gave you my thoughts, yeah. but then I gave you ways to make it better. Yes. Yeah. See, that's the important thing. If you're going to be honest, what you should, if, if you're going to give your thoughts and your, your insights, Okay, but, but but also give yeah. How can I fix this? How can I how can I uh, make it to where where the reader is is and that's what I like when you're able to say okay this wasn't very good but this is what I would do and give you ideas. I like that because right. you're not only critiquing but you're also giving ways to to help so it can you can better in your own writing but you're giving that person the the insight they need to get it done. And that's what that's what we should be doing instead of being critical. We should be yes. if we're gonna say this doesn't work, okay, why doesn't it work? Yeah. Help me understand why it doesn't work. For the longest time, longest time when I first started reading, I mean not reading, writing, um, and I was submitting stories trying I, look, I got a hundred rejections, literally a hundred rejections before my first story was accepted. Um but when I first started submitting stories, I kept getting this this uh from, from a lot of editors, show, don't tell. Yeah. Show, don't tell. So I would c- contact them, what do you mean show, don't tell? I don't understand. Yeah, that was my biggest weakness there, uh, the well, show, don't tell. I never right. did it r- correctly, and I had to kind of research that. Like, what do you mean by this? Well, sh- telling is kind of like what I brought up earlier. He was sick, or he felt sick. Mm-hmm. That's telling. Yeah. You know? Uh Showing is the symptoms. Yeah. Stomach. Like, uh, for example, uh, Mary uh, was covered in sweat or something like like describing the the person being sick. Right. And not to saying he was sick or she was sick, but saying Mary uh, was covered in sweat as she sat or something, you know, kind of showing what right. the actions are. Well, when you're nauseous, you know, if you feel like you're going to throw up, you get hot. Mm-hmm. Your stomach cramps, it rolls from time to time. Yes. You get this kind of feeling right right at the base of your throat. Yes. You break out in the sweat. Um, for me, and I don't know about you, but I actually get physically weak. Yes. And, I, and so, you feel like death is co- coming to take you or something. Uh, right. Like, a lot of people describe, I feel like death. Well... What do you mean by that? Like you, okay, you feel like death, but <laughs> what's death feel like? Yeah, you know, death is probably going. You know, I really don't feel that way. I'm just saying. You yeah. Know? But but no, and showing is the act of like people say things like, "Let me see if I can come up with a good example and not sound uh, trite or anything." Um, like like an event, a lot of telling, a lot of backstory. When you see backstory, mm. is telling. This is what he did here, 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 yeah. and here. This is what he did here. Showing is showing us what he is doing. Yes. You know, and um, as, as he's doing and it. That's and that's why I love dredging up memories because Hank Walker's story, you tell the story, but you describe, like, it, 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 it takes you in. It, it totally, the story takes you into his downward spiral and you're feeling everything. It feels like you're there, like you're actually there inside with taking the journey with, with Hank. And you know, the thing about, about Hank Walker, um, 
there are two scenes in that book, and I'm not going to give away what they are. Um, you and I want you want to talk about afterwards. We'll talk about later. But, but, um, there were two scenes in this 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 book that were extremely hard for me to write um, because I had to put myself yeah. in a in a place that Hank Walker was experiencing that I haven't experienced. And thankfully I haven't experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but you have to put yourself there and that like took, yeah, it takes a lot out of you, especially when you get into those moments that you would never have, have experienced yourself, but you, you're putting yourself in that, sh- in those shoes. It, Oh my gosh, it takes you. That's where, that's where showing comes into play. Cause if you just go, Okay, I got this. I can do this. This is going to hurt. If you can put yourself through that, the best writers do. Um, if you can put yourself through that pain to tell that story, um, the story is so much richer and yes. it just pulls you in. And I mean, you can laugh or cry or scream or get mad or, you know, whatever. They're, 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 Two scenes in that book I've, I've gotten the most emails about, um, and both of them were, "Why did you do this?" Oh my God. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, because that's where the story wanted to go, yeah. you know? and that's where you t- you took it. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. This that's that's so powerful, um, uh, Jeff. Everything you've shared so far with us, and where where you've taken us, you know, as as listeners of the show. And like I said, part of the reason I do this podcast is to give uh, back to all great authors like yourself and others that I've had on here. Um, I've always liked to help authors also. And this is the way that I know how to best, you know, help an author, whether it's an interview I do with them or a, or an interview like a one-on-one, which, cause it, it, it gets emotional. It gets raw. It, 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 I like doing that with, with authors that I want people to connect with and you're one of those and there's many hopefully more artists to come uh, to this show but I wanted to see if maybe I could get you to read an excerpt for us today to end the show um, with it I hope you don't mind I put you on the spot or anything and I'll give you some time to look for it Um, but you know I just don't have any more books in here with me but if you give me two seconds oh yeah yeah no no you're fine you're fine go ahead and and find your book no problem and uh, I'm going to put a little bit of music real quick here, and uh, while Jeff finds his book and reads an excerpt for us, no problem, that's okay. And uh, let me see. I'm gonna play a little bit of, of a music thing here, and I'll be. We'll be right back. Jeff will be right with us to read an excerpt for us, so no problem. Okay, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot, Jeff. I apologize on that. That's quite all right. Let me uh, let me flip through here real quick. No, that's um, fine. Take your time. I'm playing the music. When you're ready, just give me a thumbs up, and then. We'll... I'll just go ahead and start with the very opening to Dreadhead Memories. Okay, and. Uh, and uh, I'm going to leave you now with Jeff reading his excerpt, and then we'll say uh, one last thing uh, of advice he might have for us. And here's Jeff Brown. Take it away. All right. This is uh, chapter one from Deadly Up Memories. The rifle was light. Unlike Pop's shotgun, that thing was heavier than any firearm should be, and the kickback could knock you on your ass if you weren't ready for it. Pop called it Ox. I guess it was an appropriate name for something so powerful. It always reminded me of Babe the Blue Ox, Paul Bunyan's companion. I reckon that's how Pop saw a shotgun, more as a companion than a weapon or a hunting tool. One time my brother Leland thought he was man enough to wield old Ox and took him out of the gun rack in Pop's shop. He handed it to me, and I almost dropped it. The wood stop was cold, the barrel like ice, and my nerves were frazzled. You see, Leland was the oldest of the four of us, and I was his sidekick little brother. 
he played jokes on all of us and did things that the rest of us wouldn't think of doing, like pulling ox off the gun rack. Come on, he said, and took the shotgun from me. I had never been so relieved in my 14 years. I don't think this is a good idea, Lee. He shook his head, and his hair, which was down to his shoulders, moved from side to side. Don't be a wuss face, Hank. Dad will never know. We'll go out to the fence behind the barn and shoot a couple of shells and put it back. Easy as pie, little brother. Easy as pie? Nothing is ever easy as pie. I set up a camp on one of the old fence posts by the chicken coop and then got behind him. Leland took aim, the shotgun in the crook of his shoulder, right in the socket where the collarbone and shoulder come together. He squeezed the trigger with no hesitation. A bomb went off in my head and my ears rang for most of the rest of that day. Leland went backwards and ended up on his back, unconscious. Seven hours later, he came home from the hospital, arm in a slinger, in a sling, shoulder dislocated, and collarbone broken. He had a lump on the back of his head where it hit the ground, resulting in a concussion that gave him headaches for months after. Did I hit the can? He asked me before he went to bed that night. Nope, but you did take out the fence runners. Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to stop there. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That And where was that taken from? This is Dredging Up Memories, the very beginning of, of, of Dredging Up Memories. That's what I um, thought, but I wanted to, so that in case somebody missed that, it was from Dredging Up Memories. He read the the first part of it, right? Was it? Yes. The beginning? And uh, and that, that was that. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. But I, I wanted, like I said, this has been an amazing one-on-one, -on -one, and I hope to have you come back and share more of your insight with us because this has been fun, 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 and you know, real and, and I love, like I said, speaking to artists or, or in your case, uh, uh, authors and writers and uh, about their art and their craft and uh, sharing these things with us here on this podcast that I do. And uh, one thing I wanted to do, where can uh, readers reach out to you? Um, do you? Can you share your, like your information for us? Um, you can find all of my books on Amazon. Okay. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, AJ Brown 36 is my personal page. And, of course, I have the AJ Brown fan club. Um, my blog is uh, type AJ negative, um, which is uh, I usually put updates and stuff for what's going on. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a website, and it's just simply AJ Brown. And uh, so those are the most uh, – most of the places you can find me, and that's going to be able to connect me the most. Okay, thank you so much. I was telling my my son to. <laughs> that's uh, all good. Okay, it's a live TV people uh, or live live radio. <laughs> yep. uh, no, but thank you so much for sharing your information. But before you go, Jeff, uh, of course you have a lot of celebrating to do with your daughter and your family and stuff. Um, what um, what piece of advice or any? Or what, what piece of words would you like to end with today? I think one of the most important things that anyone, not just writers, but anyone, can have is belief in themselves. And uh, I think if you, there's an old saying, if, if you don't believe in you or if you don't love yourself, nobody else can. Yes. Um, I believe that you have to believe in your own abilities and you have, cause when it comes down to it, the most important person to believe in you is you. Yeah, exactly. If you don't believe in yourself, you can't get an editor to believe in you. You can't get a reader to believe in you. You can't get a publisher to believe in you. You can't get other authors to believe in you. You have to believe that you have something to offer. You have to believe that you are worth this. You know, um, belief is most important thing. And, and you know, uh, being a person of faith, a lot of times yes. you have to believe in something you can't see yes, um, or that you can't necessarily yes. feel. Yes. Well, belief in yourself is very much the same thing. Yes. You don't necessarily feel confident sometimes. You don't necessarily uh, look confident. But you believe in yourself, eventually what will happen is people will start seeing it. It's the confidence will start showing because the more you believe in yourself, the more confident you get. Yes. Um, and the more confident you get, the more it shows outwardly. Yes. Um, and that's not, I don't, and I'm not talking about being cocky. No. I'm talking about 
confidence. confidence. Like oozing confidence, meaning that you're sure about what you're doing, and then sooner or later, everyone sees it, right? Absolutely. So that's, to me, across the board, everywhere, life, writing, fun, belief in who you are. Yes. Without that, you're really not going to go very far. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Those are great words to end with today. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, I do appreciate you taking the time to share that with us today. Uh, AJ Brown, or I call you Jeff, but it's AJ Brown. And it's been so wonderful to have you. I hope you have enjoyed your time with here at uh, In the Artist Realm with me. Uh, and uh, I hope that uh, we get to share more insight and more uh more, we'll have more authors like yourself from SSP or other artists. As I said, you're always welcome here. And uh, again, this is Sylvia signing off with her 44th Street and Long um, jazzy tune that I have from GarageBand. And it's been great. And thank you so, so much for taking the time. Thank you, Sylvia. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be more than happy to come back. You just let me know when. Oh, anytime. Like I said, whenever you're ready to come back again with some other insights you have, let me know and I'll schedule you. I'd love to have you. And thank, right. thank you all for joining us. I hope everyone has a happy Tuesday. And uh, we're signing off from In the Artist Realm. We'll see you and all this podcast will be available through Podbean. And you could also get it on your mobile device for iTunes and Google Play. So we will let you go now and all have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.